There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out. I for the faster way. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man. What happened, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode. <laughs> Coming in hot. Of Assembly Required. What an happened? MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. <laughs> I am your host, Eduardo. <laughs> I am joined by the full crew today. We've got Peaches. Peaches, what up? Uh, what happened? <laughs> Chris is here. Hey, Chris. Hiya, folks. And Robbie's here. What up, Robbie? Uh-huh. You know what they say? Dreams are better when you share them. Do they? Yes, everyone, tell us your dreams. <laughs> yes. Email us at assemblyrequiredcast.gmail.com. Tell us your dreams. Uh, your your dreams for your future, the weird dreams you had last night, whatever. We want to hear them. Yeah. Your rendition of dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. The ones uh, you can't talk to your mom about. Oh. Uh, Robbie and Chris. Hi. Uh, both of you, this is going to be your first time doing a She-Hulk episode. Yeah. Uh, so I want to hear what you guys' thoughts are on the show as it is so far before Fan we talk fair. about this episode. Yeah, way to join the She-Hulk episode, you guys. It is true, guys. I have never done a She-Hulk. Or an episode. <laughs> There's always Robbie time. is back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've really liked it. Um, I, I mean, kind of my main point that I was going to talk about later in the episode was kind of why I like it, but... Overarching, I've liked the show. I think I kind of agree with you, Eduardo. I don't have the same approach to like comedy. Doesn't necessarily take me long to catch on the way you kind of commented that you did, but still, I had the same approach as you, where I liked the first episode. But as I've bought more into what this show is doing, I have liked it more as it's gone on. So, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I I've had a crazy last few weeks, so I had to watch four episodes in the last two days and so some of the quote-unquote controversy for me was new and i didn't understand it but that's fine whatever i've enjoyed it also while i'm here i'm gonna go ahead and derail the podcast and say that eduardo you were completely right about magic and people's enjoyment of magic mm-hmm. um they're gonna win the championship pretty soon <laughs> 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 then you'll really be enjoying magic hell yeah but y'all went on a on a uh, sort of a tangent in what? the last episode Oh. Yeah, I know. Y'all went on sort of a tangent in the last episode about um, magic, and we were talking about, you know, in a world where there's actually magic, would people still enjoy magic shows? Yeah, yeah. And I think it was Eduardo that said that people don't watch magic because they think it's magic. They watch it because the show. Um, and, like, that's absolutely correct. In fact, there's a theory in magic called uh, the um, uh, a trick being too perfect. Uh, and I know... Um, Penn and Teller talk about this a lot, but the idea is if a trick is too perfect, um, then either the audience will know that it's impossible and not care, or in the MCU probably know, oh, that's magic. And and honestly, they'd probably still find that interesting. But the appeal of magic, the appeal of magic is, I know that that is a trick. How did that happen? Mm. Like that is that is the appeal to um, a magic audience. Just per, mysterious per enough make, for right. them to Correct. try to figure it out. Yeah. Right. And so Penn and Teller will talk to you about they do their tricks imperfectly because they specifically want you caught on the, wait, was that, is that how he did it? Let's, so that's what hmm. they're, that is what at least, you know, and these people exist, magic theorists um, 
obsessed with is the idea that the trick needs to just be imperfect enough that it makes the people stare at it. And you talked about the glass cup trick. And that's exactly what that is. That mm-hmm. is a, a boiled down version of this trick is so imperfect. You're literally going to see how we're doing it. And then at the end, there's a wait, hold on. And then, yeah, you that's know, what I was right? saying is mm-hmm. they, they have the cup and balls trick where they do it with see-through oh, cups. Oh, right. You're, you talk about that. And then I'm at sorry, the you end, talk about that. they do it with the foam balls, but then at the very end, there's a fucking orange. Right. A full <laughs> orange in the cups. Right. And you're like, you just showed me how to do this trick, and right. I still don't know how you put the orange right. Instead there. of like a grapefruit and or melon. Or that's yeah. what they're it's so a fucking good orange. At. Have you have any of you ever watched Fool Us their show? Yes. Oh yeah. For I sure. used to watch that all. That's that's part of why I was so mad when Bailey was like, "Magic sucks." She didn't directly okay. say that, but yes. she basically said that. Right. Eduardo was right about magic. <laughs> Bailey was wrong about magic. Yes, I appreciate <laughs> it because I'm I'm a, you know, I also had a magic phase as a kid, which is something that y'all talked about on on that podcast. Um, my my grandfather is a magician. That's like, and he has no pathetic cards. <laughs> yeah, he has no pathetic cards in his deck, um, but he. Uh, uh, you know, I, whenever he used to come and visit, you know, when I was a kid, he always had a different, different trick to show. And when we would go visit him, they lived in uh, South Carolina at this time. We'd go up and visit, and he worked at a magic shop in Myrtle Beach. And I really just came to enjoy magic, and you know, messing around with magic tricks, and you know, being fooled by them. So, yeah, I think I think y'all are right that in a world where magic exists, if I went to a magic show. And they just used real magic. I would be disappointed. Right, that lingering's a terrible <laughs> well, trick. Let me let me put it to you this way: there are industries today where things are fake and people are okay with it. Look at wrestling. No one looks <laughs> at yeah. the WWE and goes, "That's not like the people that do say that wrestling. Like, why do you watch it? Wrestling is fake. Clearly, don't understand. Yeah, they don't know what it is. It's like very similar of a concept to well, yeah, magic isn't real, but you're watching it because of the artistry of it all. Of the you know, obviously, wrestling isn't the same as like like trying. You're not like trying to trick people or like trying to make them think you did something cool. But instead, they are like <laughs> actual athletes just performing. Well, and we've mm-hmm. done yeah. we've done episodes on theme park things. We did y'all did a horror nights episode. We did the episode on Spider Man the Ride. Like these are those are uh, theme park attractions are magic tricks. Yep. Like I, I was at horror nights last night with a couple of y'all, and you know you look up and you see the rafters and you see that this is a big sound stage and you see the uh, the the tech or whatever dude who's standing there to make sure nothing bad happens while the guy in the plastic mask jump mask jumps out at you. All of this is. Very clearly fake. It's about the um, the how is this done? Yeah. How does this? How? What are they going to? Accomplish? I like that these guys haven't been on a She-Hulk episode, and we're like, "What did you think about She-Hulk?" And they're like, "Let's talk about magic <laughs> and WWE." Talk about what you talked on the podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started about WWE. Yes, I, I, I already I, did last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to say that after listening to that episode, I ended up looking up a compilation of the People's Elbow. <laughs> and after it I was also, glorious. I told I told Chris last night. I also looked up that video you suggested of Vince McMahon tearing his quads, tearing his quads at the Royal Rumble, dude. That that shit was so funny. It's so funny because he is clear. He comes out. He's clearly fucking pissed. He is so. He's like red in the face. He's so angry. He is stomping to the ring, and as he slides in, he rips. He like stands up, and both his quads just he completely go. He doesn't stand up. He, he tries to stand he's, up, and immediately falls yes. to the ground. That's when it rips when he tries to stand up. 
I said this last night, but he's a bad man, and it's okay that we're laughing at him for this. Absolutely. (laughs) I did want to ask you guys, what is the... Because I have something in mind for this. What is the best or funniest uh, fail of an attraction that you've been on? Where, like, if we're saying an attraction is, like, a fun illusion, what is one where they're, like, you found the illusion or, like, something happened on the attraction where the attraction malfunctioned or something, and it ruins some of the illusion or something like that? Well... I don't know if this is what you're asking about. I could do a whole podcast on, uh, what is it, uh, Journey to Atlantis at SeaWorld, oh which is just so comical in how hard it tries to be a next level attraction, yeah. but fails, yeah. how it has random Beetlejuice music at some point for some reason. Right, like I, I forgot just, about that. At the very end. <laughs> yes. I just, like that attraction is trying to, it's SeaWorld trying to get out of their uh, their tax bracket if you will, and not doing so successfully. Let me tell you, when I was young, I loved that ride. I don't hate that ride. I just find it hilarious how they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, huh. So that's the one that's the funniest to me because it just... I, I'll go with... I'll go. I'll continue with the nautical theme because this is what I immediately thought of. You guys ever been to Poseidon's Fury? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> You've never done Poseidon's Fury? Uh, I was told by people that I grew up with that it was bad. And you, so, you have to do it at least once. No, 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 because no, no. It is... I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm saying when I first started coming to the theme parks, it was when I was in high school dating sure, my sure. high school girlfriend. Her oh. family was very particular about what attractions they wanted to do because they actually thought the Jungle Cruise sucked. So I didn't do it until I joined well, the company. Sounds like they suck. They're fine. Yeah. No, I mean they're cool. Uh, so in Poseidon's Fury, it's like a it's like a like a moving show. Like you are walking through this like old temple, and then there are these gods fighting. Very you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, the the production of the show has not kept up with the times, but that's neither here nor there. In between the two main rooms that you are in, there is this effect, and I'm going to spoil it for you. I'm going to spoil it for everyone. So if you want, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Poseidon's Fury <laughs> at Islands of Adventure that has been around for the past 15 years, good is on this you also for a putting the for, uh, Cosmic Rewind. Uh, no. Okay, I didn't know which effect you were doing. No, Keep no, going. no. I'm talking about the uh, the water tunnel, ah, yeah. which okay. is an incredible effect. Then I have something yes. to say after you finish this. And but so. Go. <laughs> There is this effect where um, you're in this like tunnel and you're in an enclosed room and you don't know where you're going to go. And then at some point the walls open and there is a water tunnel. It is a bridge. And then all around you, there is jets of water streaming around you in a big circle for like a long tunnel. Um, I have been on that multiple times where it's this like really big production. Like the people that are like, you have like a tour guide that is like doing this whole show. You're in like pitch black. They've got like a flashlight. They're reading tomes about like the, the story of the attraction. And then they figure out how to open the doors and the doors open. And I have been there multiple times where the water's growing and going and then it just stops and it all just. Oh, no. <laughs> and they like all the lights turn on. They're like, all right, well, you're going to have to get out now. Cause it falls on everyone in the room. No, no, no. If, that's why they don't let like it falls before they let anyone in. Oh, okay, okay. If people were in there and it fell, I think it would be a lot worse. That's that, that would, would be, be hilarious. I, uh, freaking hilarious. It's funny that that's the effect you brought up because when my wife and I first went to the first time we ever went to Highlands Adventure, she had already been there. And we walked by Poseidon's Fury, and it was a busy day. Poseidon's Fury has a long line. I didn't know what it was. I kind of asked her. She explained, ah, "It's like a special effects show." I'm like, "Oh, well, okay. I don't know if they want to do it." And we like started to walk away, and she looks at me. And she goes, "Honey." At one point, you walk through a moving tunnel that's a vortex of water. And I go, okay, I've gotten the line. (laughs) (laughs) 
the another funny thing that's a fail about Poseidon's Fury is that when it opened, like Poseidon was the bad guy. Like that was the point of the attraction. It was uh, Poseidon versus Zeus, I think. Yeah. And oh, right. Yeah. Then they realized what no, people want Poseidon to be the good guy. So they invented this fake Greek god called Darkanon. And I just Every time I hear the name Darkanon, I just is so bad. Like, I have, like, are we you sure have, he wasn't? You have to do Poseidon's Fury Peach because it is so outrageous and like it's not at all what you expect. I've explained some of it to you, and it's still probably not what you expect. Yeah. Yes. I have a friend on Twitch whose name is Darkanine, and now I'm not going to be able <laughs> to yep. unsee that, unhear that. My theme park fail is much less interesting, but it still amused the hell out of me when it happened. Um, on Pirates of the Caribbean, there is a pirate named Old Bill. You go, you float by him, and he's drinking rum, and he's talking to these cats. He's like, hey, kitty, kitty, have a little bit of rum with Old Bill. Well, one day his hand fell off. That was pretty fucking good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his hand fell off, and rather than take the ride down so they could fix it, they just had maintenance grab one of the plastic souvenir hooks that they sell in the gift shop, and they stuck yep. it on the end of his arm. I remember that day. <laughs> and it actually kind of looked good. <laughs> I, I did a ride through. It was fitting. <laughs> it, it worked. I mean, it did fit on his arm. Yeah. It got us through the end of the day. And uh, they fixed it I really don't know. I don't know if I should say this, but there was another time that they did a similar thing with the winded pirate, but they used a coat hanger. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So She-Hulk. What do you guys think of She-Hulk? I like it. I'm really, really, really enjoying this show a lot. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy today when we talk about episode six, Just Jen, written by Jessica Gao and Kara Brown, directed by Anu Valia. A conspicuously ornate box sits in front of Jennifer Walters. The second she opens it, she's covered in confetti. Yes, this is exactly what you think it is. The dreaded bridesmaid box. Uh, I didn't know what this was, what this was a reference to, and Bailey immediately was like, is this making fun of like those bridesmaids boxes? And I I didn't know this was a thing. I also, that's a thing? Yes. Like this is This is a specific thing it is poking fun at. Like, do they explode with confetti normally? I think this one is more over the top than most, but they're very similar in like what they huh. are and yeah, stuff like that. A lot of people will find elaborate ways to ask okay. people to join their wedding Now party. I'm mad at both of you, because why didn't I get some elaborate scheme? I'm sorry that I just both of asked you, were you just while like, we were standing hey, outside Peach. the poutine stand at Disney <laughs> Springs. My bad that I didn't have you be my bridesmaid. Yeah, it is your bad. <laughs> Yeah, I want whoever asked me to be in their wedding next. I expect it to be a much more elaborate invitation. Uh, I have a story about that actually. Oh. I don't know if you were, I don't know if you remember on this trip, um, the trip where we flew down and I proposed to Angela. It was a Halloween Horror Nights trip that we did, and I, I believe it, this is all the same trip. Yeah, where. I, I proposed to her, and then I met up with you and friend of the show, Lindsay. Yes. Um, like the next day, I think. And because, at Universal. Yes, but I remember that we saw you at Disney Springs as well. Maybe we were there first. Yeah, we might have gone to Disney Springs and then Universal. I don't know, but the point is, Angela and I asked both of you to be in our wedding at that point, and it was a very normal one, but Danny was going to be my best man. And he had requested. He says, "Whenever you ask me," he goes, "He goes, I want a, I want a promposal." Uh, <laughs> and he said, 
He said, you need to ask me in every Horror Nights house. So every Horror Nights house we went through, <laughs> I had some sort of pun way that I asked him to be the best <laughs> man as we were going through. I don't remember what any of them were, but every single house, I think there was a Halloween house that year. At, yeah, I, again, I don't remember any of them, but every single house I had some sort of elaborate pun way to ask him to be my best man what a fun uh adjacent thing to if you like halloween horror nights and you're a patron remember to look out for that bonus episode Boom. at the end of this month oh right i gotta get with you about um the uploading of that okay yeah i don't know why i'm saying this on the podcast yeah. the <laughs> uploading of that <laughs> chris take take care of this in the future all right it's a self-contained wedding episode, Jen turns to tell us. And if you think this is happening at an inconvenient time of the season, you're right, because that's how weddings always are. But I'm gonna look, but I'm gonna look great, so let's go. And just like uh, Jen is talking about, we got a fun little tease at the end of last episode, and then here we are in this wedding only episode. People were really mad. What? What? Yes. Yeah. Sir, They're go, mad at go the to She-Hulk Twitter show? and search Daredevil. I literally saw someone say this is supposed to be his show. No. Yes. Fuck. Who are you? Fuck you. A terrible man. Fuck that I guy. I assume they were a man. <laughs> Probably. What? Okay. Maybe a boy. Listen, I know that we're going to talk about this later too, but I said this to you at Horror Nights last night. I love that they have made it a central plot point of this show that toxic people exist. And then they're fuck. And I don't love it because I wish this wasn't the case. But, like, the internet continues to prove them right. Like, what a gamble to make this a central point of your show. Uh, and it just shows that it's happening anyway. Like, yeah. uh, it's terrible. But, like, do these people even realize at this point how incel they are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, I mean, they don't care. Yeah. I just think that it's it was gutsy of them, and I'm glad they went with it, that they just decided... You know, a lot of you are just going to decide right away that you don't like the show anyway, so we're going to make you the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that mentality as well is part of why I like the show. I like that they just certainly, they had to have been predicted, nope, people want the MCU to be, yes, it has it has quips, but the MCU's got to have a serious point. It's got to be, you know, taken with a, you know, a, a, it's going to make you have to suspend your disbelief, but we're going to make that easy for you. And instead, they just went all in on not. This is a lawyer sitcom, and we're gonna break the fourth wall. And there's gonna be a wedding episode. And I certainly they knew that that was risky, but I like that they went all in on it. And it makes me appreciate the show more. Like I like that they're not trying to be anything other than what they set out to do. And they used the perfect character for it. Like yeah. it, when you're gonna make an MCU sitcom, it is really hard to pick a better character than She-Hulk. So I, I, I mean, that's been part of why I love this so much. It's we, we've talked about on several episodes, and I know Soundlord is particularly high on this, about taking different approaches to your MCU content. But I think everyone here um, agrees. And had you told me, and one of our sitcom, one of our MCU products is going to be a sitcom. It's going to be set in LA, and it's going to be a legal uh, show. It's going to have a lot of humor. It's going to follow sitcom tropes. It will fit in the MCU. It will be canon. I would have said, great, absolutely. And then they made it She-Hulk. I, I just, that's part of why I think the show's fantastic. And I think this was maybe the least interesting episode to me, but it also still just made me like the season more, if that makes sense, because it was a, you know, 
it they lampshaded it. It's the self-contained wedding episode. And I just, oh man, it's so clever. And it, similar to WandaVision, I think this show, and I'm not saying it's quite as good as WandaVision, but similar to WandaVision, this feels like a series that's being made by someone that understands television. And I really, really like it for that. Oh yeah, we would have yelled at you if you said it was better than WandaVision. No. We're we're not haters, but no, right. what's uh, I mean, WandaVision's like, you know, S tier material. I think similar to what Robbie was saying earlier about how he agreed with me. Uh I <laughs> agree with me as well that <laughs> that uh you know, I think the show does a good job of like giving you time to buy in and like once you've bought into the humor, I think if I go back and I watch the first episode or two, I might like it more. And oh, yeah. we'll see how I feel mm-hmm. at the end of the se- season when I do end up rewatching them all. Uh, but I'm sure that I'm going to enjoy them more having already gone through the journey with him. But I mean, this specific episode too, like it is not that wild for a sitcom to have a couple episodes in their season where they don't have much to do with the main plot. Like, yeah, it's a wedding episode in and the middle of the I season. Would, I would say, in fact, most sitcoms right. do not even have a main plot. Right, if there is one, yeah. yeah. What I'm, like, yes. The Good Place has a main plot, but every episode on its own, for the most part, is like their own shenanigans. Yeah. Right. Like, e- episodic, if you will. Right. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think that it works well for this, and I, it's funny and sad at the same time that they have to like apologize for it i just think it's smart but also a bummer you know now okay you say they have to apologize the inc- no 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 the incels i are don't loud. believe they right, have to right. apologize no no, no 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 i know what you mean but i mean the incels are loud but are they like actually the majority in this case like it, nothing is the majority yeah. i was no. listening to this podcast. they're loud yeah i was in this podcast earlier and it had to do with the year we went to BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. And when we went to BlizzCon one year, um, there was a famous uh, developer who left the company for years ago, years and years ago. Uh, he was the voice, and he still is the voice of um, the main orc. What's his name? Uh, oh, Thrall. Thrall. Yeah, He's Chris. Chris Metzen. M- yeah. And so they were talking about it. So the, the guy that hosts the podcast hosted the WoW Q&A that year. And he was at, there was like this big surprise towards the end of that Q&A where Chris Metzen showed up and asked a question and it was like this big fun thing. And all over the internet, there were, they talked about how there were people that were like, this has been a conspiracy by Blizzard for months because they need the good PR. They've asked Chris to come, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, I'm going to tell you guys how this happened. The morning of the Q&A, I was like, wouldn't it be fun if Chris did a question? So I text him from my bed. I was like, hey, Chris, do you want to come do the Q&A? And he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And that's it. All. That's it. <laughs> but the internet was like convinced that it was this big conspiracy because Blizzard needed good PR or whatever. And I'm not saying Blizzard doesn't need good PR. They do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But what I'm saying is the internet has this way of creating a narrative and then uh, self-fulfilling that narrative by like, they're like, you're like, um, God, I forget the word, but there are so many people saying the same thing because one person said it that you're like, yeah, Echo chambered. Uh, yeah, you're like echo yeah, chambered, yeah. and uh, you you uh, can kind of almost convince yourself that your opinion is correct because oh, this other guy over here is saying this too, so I must be right. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> there's some guy on YouTube who claims to be some kind of Star Wars insider. Um, your first hint that you shouldn't take him seriously is that he calls himself Doomcock, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, an alt right and sell weirdo. And he has been going on about how 
Favreau and Filoni are going to use their shows to retcon the sequel trilogy out of existence. Oh, this guy. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the Mandalorian season three uh, trailer, but Babu Frick from episode nine is in it. So clearly they're not doing the, those movies aren't going anywhere. Yeah, I I think they might rehabilitate. No, that's a new they, yeah. that's a new character that just shares the likeness. His name is Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> now, I suppose it could Bebop be Bebop Fuck. It could be a member of Babu Frick's species, but yeah, still. yeah, it's Frafru Brick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's a, it's a me, Frafru hey, Brick. It's, it's yeah. my boy Encanto, <laughs> your, your favorite character. <laughs> That was a weird. Is that is a friend. thing that Chris, That's Angela, an joke with and like three, I will yeah. understand. Yep, just us. End of transaction. Yeah. <laughs> also to note, Jen is going to the wedding as Shulky, not Jen, Shulky, and she's going to look fabulous in a dress that Luke Jacobson made for her. Even Nikki can't wait to hear everyone's reactions. And yeah, she's fine to be left behind, but she's going to get a chance to work closely with a Miss Mallory on some of Jen's cases. Sounds like a win-win for everyone. Well, not so fast, Jen. Though she's fallen out of touch with her bride-to-be, her childhood friend Lulu, Jen feels obligated to go. Showing up in stunning fashion, the rest of the wedding party can't help at gawk at her new self, except for Lulu, who is less than thrilled to see Jen arrive like this. Lulu immediately protests Jen's appearance, making a strong case that Jen walking around as a she-hulk, all attention is going to be on her, not the all-important bride. Might Jen mind turning back into her regular self, just Jen? Now, wandering around as just Jen in a dress that's a little bit too long for her, Jen learns that she's going to be walking down the aisle with Jonathan, who is amazing, according to everyone else. <laughs> Lulu, I immediately said, so Jonathan's a dog, right? I, same. Yeah. Really? You guys guessed that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, for sure. I wasn't paying that m- enough attention, but it made sense. I, yeah, think uh, I, Bailey, I mean, in Bailey hindsight, said, yeah. Bailey said, is Jonathan a little kid? And I said, I bet he's a dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are wizards. We both knew that it wasn't like... In con- in it sounded like a bit, a yeah. setup for a bit, but I did not yeah. guess dead, almost dead dog. <laughs> well, I did not guess I, almost no, no, dead. No, no, no. I guess dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The almost dead was just a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Lulu apologizes to Jen for not catching up with her sooner and asks what she's been up to. When Jen launches into the explanation that, you know, she's a superhero now, Lulu clarifies that that's not the gossip she wanted. Is Jen dating anyone? I kind of like sympathize with Jen here. Like, yeah. You guys ever have like personal accomplishments that you feel proud of, but like it's not what most people would even understand as an accomplishment. Not that being a lawyer itself is not an accomplishment, because I think all of Jen's accomplishments are. But I think this is supposed to be a yeah. an exaggeration. Of, oh yeah. of, of how we feel in real de- in real life, but like. You have these accomplishments, and people are like, all right, yeah, but I don't care about that. What about this thing that you haven't accomplished? Yep. Yeah. That's very relatable. Yeah. I have a supportive family, but yeah. I don't... uh, Yeah, I'm not going to add to that Mm -hmm. while we're recording. (laughs) 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 I wasn't trying to bait that. However, (laughs) this mundane chit-chat is quickly interrupted when uh, Titania walks in. I said that correctly this time. Jen is shocked to see her and immediately demands to know what she wants. Titania. This is a very real (laughs) wedding, and Titania can't (laughs) crash it. Well, turns out Titania is actually on the invite list because she's dating one of the groom's friends. 
whatever reason she's here, Lulu doesn't care and starts gushing over how Titania's so busy with her, like, 5,000 businesses. You're right, I am. And (laughs) OMG, like, Titania has the time anyway to weasel her way into Lulu's wedding just to mess with Jen. Yes, she has that time. (laughs) I said last week or the week before, I don't remember, that I hoped that Titania was just kind of, like, not really a gets into fights with She-Hulk villain but like uh just shows up and causes chaos hell yeah and yeah. like she did get into a fight ish at the end but for the most part we're getting that so far and i'm like super jazzed yeah, that that's yeah, the yeah. Game. it's the perfect the perfect uh nemesis like a, they're a just petty rival it's almost I mean, like yeah. it's almost like scooby-doo and she's red herring <laughs> like, she keeps yes. showing up and is does not like the gang <laughs> i love it also is anyone else constantly just like weirded out by Jamila Jamil with a uh, American accent? Yes, yes, because 100%. she's because she's dressed like she would be in the Good Place. So I keep expecting her to act like she would in the Good Place, which she is, but with an American accent. Yeah, I, yeah. Every time she opens her mouth, even several episodes in, every time she opens her mouth, I go, "Wait, what's happening?" Like, and it's not that she's doing a bad job. I'm not being taken out because she's not doing it. I'm being taken out because it just feels weird. Mm. I don't expect it. We're so used to her one way. Yes. But I'm glad I'm glad that she's showing that she doesn't have to just play Tahani every time. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Jen can see right through this and knows exactly what's happening. She storms outside to sit alone when she's approached by another member of the bridal party, Josh. Uh, I think Josh is up to no good, by the way. He strikes up a pleasant really? little conversation with her. Wait, that's with- a stork. You can't just pass Wait, a Wait, yeah. Are you going to elaborate on that at th- some point? I think he's too perfect. I think in shows like this where they have the guy and he comes in and he's perfect and he says all the right things and he's all great it usually leads to to, to like where's the poo robin okay it's a nork okay i i definitely get what you're saying but i also think this show already has a couple of those so it would be weird to have a whole bunch of them who's the other one that's too nice to her that is eventually going to be not too nice but i already think that there's like secret bad guys in the show so I don't secret think secret bad guy because I mentioned that I think Todd is a secret bad guy, secret and I want to add to that stork later oh. when we start talking about intelligentsia. Upcoming stork, and I don't, I don't know, I don't agree. I think Josh is actually like, wait, which one? Hey, is I Todd? think you're cool. Uh, he was the one that called her a specimen on the dates, and then asked how her skin could be pierced, perhaps oh. with vibranium. So my stork with that, which we dubbed as a nork, since I don't know if you've both caught up on all of the She-Hulk episodes. I have not. Is that that guy that she goes on a date with because he asks those kind of questions and calls her a specimen and then shows up in another episode is perhaps one of the leading bodies that is maybe having the wrecking crew try to pierce her skin for some reason. I think think he's a bad guy uh, because... Also, you know what else I saw that kind of supports this that I didn't say? They have a lot of um, those like red carpet photos of the cast. This is like an outside of the episode, maybe not fair to include. But they have all these like shots of the cast on the red carpet at the premiere. And you see all the, re- the people you expect to see in those photos like, you know, Tatiana and uh, Bruce is there and all the different definitely main people. But the actor that plays Todd is one of those. Why would Todd be there? You know, if he's just like a side character in two episodes, I feel like he's more important. Anyway, I'm down. I because I'm I feel so strong that he is the like secret bad guy, one of the secret bad guys in the background. I think that 
I think that Josh is maybe the one like redeeming person in Jen's life other than like Nikki and Pug. Here's my thing though. It seems like we've got multiple different mm, organizational adversities that she's going to face. Like the whatever the the awful intelligentsia group, I guess, are they're not the same as the group that's uh what's the group that that's the wrecking crew? To, yeah they're not the same as the wrecking crew i would guess that someone from intelligentsia sent the wrecking crew yeah but they mentioned that they had a boss okay. yeah potentially well potentially. no it is it is because they stabbed her with that needle and then the guy had the needle in the lab right is that definitely connected to the to at least the entirety of the intelligentsia group i would assume so why See, else I, would I'm he have as, it okay well the question is what how is Intelligentsia just like a Reddit page that, or right, is that's there what more I'm to thinking. it? And, right. and I have something here for you. Avengers Age of Ultron, when Bruce Banner pulls up Ulysses Klaus' um, profile, it mentions that he is a former member of the Intelligentsia. Oh, is this your tidbit? That's, uh, that is a tidbit. Oh, double yeah. tidbits. Yeah. I'm, Titty bits. I'm with what you said, though. I'm just interpreting it as a, <laughs> it's, it's the Donald. Just uh... I think it's... I think that the website might be a front for a deeper organization, though. Interesting. So, okay. So I, I am up for there being an intelligentsia. And not to bring outside stuff into this, this is something that I considered before, and then something was announced very recently that makes it seem a lot more likely. What about the leader? They already brought back Abomination for this, and they've recently that announced that the leader, uh, Samuel Stearns from uh, the Incredible Hulk movie, is going to be the villain in the next Captain America movie, which, first of all, cool. But I can't see that guy and not see Mr. Pandansky from Holes. And so <laughs> That's him? Yeah. What? Mr. Pandansky. I feel like you yeah. were surprised by this during oh, the Incredible Hulk episode. You're right. No, too. no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Last Taylor. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll tell you this now. Hi, Taylor, if you're listening. This, probably will, this might be far now. in the future. Yeah, we were at HHN last night with her and um adam obviously and she just started the podcast from episode zero no shit she was like talking about how much she liked it and she said you guys sounded really good in the beginning and we were like we get better (laughs) we we get so much better so you don't know what good sounds like (laughs) so she started she started listening to it she listened to episode zero then she listened to iron man and she was like so inspired by what we were talking about iron man and that she put it on after she like is Ah. now going to watch she's going to listen to an episode and then watch the movie until she's caught up i would love to it's so weird i'd love to have her on the the show i know that'd be so cool i was thinking that too (laughs) yeah a lot of fun all right well yeah that was a fun conversation so yeah, in a few hello, a few weeks from now, Taylor. A few months from now, Taylor. Who Probably knows? Probably a few months from now. We have a lot of episodes. Oh, she listens in double speed. So, <laughs> and while she's at work, yeah. Oh. Well, he strikes up a pleasant little conversation with her, joking that he didn't get a plus one to the event in hopes talking to a beautiful woman stuffing her face with candy nuts. That's Jen. Sadly, their little meet cute is interrupted when Lulu comes rushing out, begging Jen to help her clean up a bunch of things since the event staff quit. Because of how Lulu was treating them. Back at GLKNH, Mallory is meeting with Mr. Immortal, uh, another uh, another secret mutant that has been added into the MCU before the X Men. Um, I have here's my other tidbit, uh, Mr. Immortal. Um, they could use him before because he was an Avenger. He was one. Of, he falls into that weird category. 
and they almost did use him before. What we have here is our first sort of Marvel TV recasting. I don't know how many of you remember this, but there was a TV pilot shot for New Warriors. Uh, it was, And it was going to be Marvel's first attempt at a half-hour sitcom. And they had a really funny writing staff put together. Kevin Beagle was the uh, uh, the creator and head writer. He uh, was the co-creator of Cougar Town. He's worked on a lot of other sitcoms. Uh, they, they had a pretty good writing staff put together. This was the show that I wish had happened because Milana Weintraub from the AT&T commercials is going to play Squirrel Girl. Oh. And uh, the male lead of that show uh, was an actor named Derek Thieler, and he was playing a much younger version of Mr. Immortal. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be a different take on Mr. Immortal, but he was going to be one of the leads on that show. Interesting. But that pilot was shot and never released, and now we'll never see it, I'm sure. I mean, we were never going to see it anyway. I hope you could too it bad. leaks and then people love it so much that it gets the Daredevil treatment. I, mm. I, I, w- I wouldn't hate it. The MCU can't handle Squirrel Girl. First of all, all of these same incels that hate any female in the MCU would just hate her. Oh, they already Second, do. Second, yeah. <laughs> she would be able to one-shot all of these big bads that they keep. Oh, we got a Thanos problem. Squirrel Girl. Call come Squirrel on Girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got Galactuses here. Squirrel Girl, bring your friends. <laughs> Like she actually made friends with Galactus in the comics. Did she really? They bonded over. <laughs> she goes, "Oh, I beat Thanos once." And Galactus goes, ha, "Thanos is a tool." <laughs> That's funny. So Mister Immortal needs help with his divorce case, and let's cut right to the chase. He hates having the tough conversations with his partner, so instead of asking for a divorce, he just well, he uh, quote unquote dies. He's Mr. Immortal, after all. Mallory and Nikki are perplexed to hear this and quickly unload on him for refusing to talk to his spouses before he ups and outs himself. How could he do this time and time again? And, well, seeing where this conversation is quickly heading and refusing to partake in it, Mr. Immortal jumps out of the window. But don't worry, he's okay. Tommen? Tom, oh my god. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) If he Tommened that, bro, I'd laugh for the end of time. That'd be so funny. Uh. I felt kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. I, I, the first time I, I watched this episode, I felt kind of weird about him yeeting himself out of the window. I mean, we knew he was going to be okay, and this is a pretty upbeat show, so like it wasn't graphic or anything. But on the one hand, I'm like, we just watched this dude like you, commit. You do not enjoy the defenestration of Craig? Uh, okay. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> the defenestration of Craig. The yeeting of Geraldine and the yeah. defenestration of Craig. I played bass for the defenestration of Craig. <laughs> the second time, though, it was funny. I I lulled, and you guys were here, so you can... I can, I can vouch you. Can he lulled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> However, when forced to face his partners, Mr. Immortal is anything but calm and collected. Half a dozen of <laughs> his wives calm. and one husband from over the years <laughs> sit at GLKNH, complaining about how he swindled them time and time again. When Mallory asks how they all learned about Mr. Immortal's scheme, one of the women explains that she saw a video of him on Intelligentsia, a.k.a. the website for hateful man babies. Yep. Wow. Reddit. You know what's yep. funny is <laughs> that like I read stuff like that, like the website for hateful man babies, Fortune. and it does nothing to me. But there are people that read the website for hateful man babies and immediately get flared up and angry, and it's because they think they are a hateful man baby. <laughs> They don't want to be called a hateful man baby, even if they are one. That kind of, I mean, that's the same story with anything uh, along these same lines where like you hear something like that and 
it's probably likely that if you don't get offended, it's because you're not a hateful man, baby. And if you do get offended, maybe you're doing some shit you should stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Correct. Neither Mallory nor Nikki can really believe that Mr. Immortal got away with killing himself multiple times over the years, and they remind him that these women could press criminal charges too. He changed his name a dozen times after all. When a smile creeps over Mallory's face, Mr. Immortal asks what's going on. She tells him he's going to have to pay for what he did, and she's happy about it. Mallory proposes that they split Mr. Immortal's fortune evenly between each partner, which almost goes over well until everyone starts bickering. Why should someone who was married to him for 18 years get the same as someone married for, to him for three? This is now Nikki's time to shine. As she figures out what the best course of action for everyone is, some are reimbursed for future, future excuse me, funeral costs, others for back pay when they quit their job to help Mr. Modal run a rare jade shop for two years, <laughs> and others straight up cash money. As for the biggest grievance, though, that goes to Amy who gets a sincere apology with meaningful meaningful eye contact lasting at least 15 seconds. Scratch that, 20 seconds. (laughs) What a funny thing to come to conclusion, like, with a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, you can have money and you can have money. I just want him to look at me in the eyes and say sorry for 20 seconds. Uh, I thought this was all just, like, fun. I thought it was a fun time. I thought it didn't need to be... Sometimes it just doesn't need to be very like you know like serious. And, oh yeah, I agree. Know, like it just it was fun. It was this funny. was a fun B story. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm glad that we just are getting randomly superpowered individuals now who aren't superheroes or anything, and we're just having fun with it. That was like that. I don't. I didn't ever watch it, but do you guys remember that one DC show they had come out with? This, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Uh, the, it was like this. Like they worked at like an insurance agency. Yes. Right? Yeah. For, it was like an insurance company that. Wayne Enterprises owned, I think. Yeah, and they dealt with all of the like wreckage of like superheroes. It's called Powerless. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. Good Googling. Great Googling Mooglin. <laughs> Great Googly Moogly. I knew where that was going. That was beautiful. <laughs> what what is it? Why is that in my head? What is that from? Great Googly Moogly is just a thing that people say. Someone had to say it on TV, though, or something. Oh, wasn't there, like, some kid's cartoon where there was, like, a monster? Like, this girl with her friend was a monster, and the monster would say, great googly moogly. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Weird Al said it in Genius in France. Maggie, great googly Maggie moogly. and the Ferocious Beast. Yes, thank you. Huh. That's got to be locked way down deep, because I don't know that I've ever seen that, but I maybe must have. Yeah. That sounds weirdly familiar to me, despite the fact that the <laughs> name does not. <laughs> All right. Well, back at Lulu's wedding extravaganza, the big day has finally arrived, and Jen is less than thrilled to find out that she's been roped into tedious bridesmaid duties, and that guy she's walking down the aisle with... (laughs) Duties. (laughs) Yeah, he's a dog. Literally, he's a small dog, so no, this isn't a great wedding for Jen. He'll put those dogs away. (laughs) 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 After consuming one too many drinks at the cash bar, Jen flirts with Josh. And Jen likes it because Josh is here to talk to her, not to She-Hulk. She starts to drone on about how she just wants someone to ask how she is, not about She-Hulk, and wants to be amazing in her own skin, not the green skin. Unfortunately, this is the exact moment Jen needs to throw up. 
She heads outside to do so in a bush when Titania sneaks up behind her and punches her clear across the patio. Titania, still bent on revenge, is here to publicly destroy Jen because she doesn't get over anything, especially losing a trademark case. Even though Titania is throwing punches, Jen is still just Jen and can't fight back in her current state. Titania whines that Jen doesn't get to ruin everything for her over something she doesn't want. So come on, turn, and fight. After some trial and error, Jen manages to transform into She-Hulk, and now it's a wedding fight. The brawl heads back into the reception area where Jen and Titania trade punches, with Jen landing one really good throw that sends her foe falling backward. Titania's real undoing is when she slips on a bunch of ice cubes and slams her face into the ground, <laughs> completely messing up her face and, more importantly, her veneers. Not wanting to fight looking like this, Titania leaves in a huff with the wedding cake. <laughs> Forgot that detail. <laughs> oh, man. A pretty small wedding yeah, cake. Yeah, I just, I know I already said this earlier, but I just love the dynamic that the two of them have. Like, I, it's such like a joke relationship and it works perfectly. <laughs> I still agree with you, as I did earlier. But, oh God, what is Lulu going to say about this? The bride slowly walks into the area, only to freak out. Oh my God, She-Hulk is at her wedding? Best day ever. Clearly, Lulu has had one too many drinks to care about what is going on. Perfect wedding, 10 out of 10, no notes. Over drinks, Mallory and Nikki watch videos of Mr. Immortal on Intelligentsia. When Nikki tries to click over to a story about She-Hulk's about She-Hulk, she's met with a login sign. So Nikki begins. Uh, Nikki, being Nikki, signs up for Intelligentsia. What she finds is the worst stuff on the internet, as all of the posts are focused on how much people hate She-Hulk, including death threats. Nikki wants to tell Jen, but Mallory talks her out of it. She doesn't need to see this. Have you? Do you guys see some of the posts that were there? Did you pause and like see some of them? I didn't because I didn't want to hurt myself. Like, I didn't want to be upset. Yeah, so can you hurt us? Yeah, you hurt, oh hurt me. Some of them were really funny, but I don't remember what they were. But they were, like, they were funny because they were so outlandish that, like, I don't remember exactly what they all were, but they were very stupid. I saw there was one of the posts that had, like, four of the meme photo-style formats yeah. of, with pictures of She-Hulk, but I didn't read what any of them one said. One of them was, like, let's get She-Hulk canceled and, like, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Ugh. Eh, it's nonsense. I know, but it's too it's almost too reflective of stuff in real life. Not a complaint. Again, it's like one of those it works for the show, it sucks that it works for the show. Sure. But it's very effective. Smash cut to Nikki calling Jen and explaining everything about intelligentsia. Smash. Jen doesn't answer though because she's Smash. sharing a plate of fries with Josh. Aw. Except that the two of them are being watched on camera by intelligentsia somewhere around them with a user named Hulking asking if the next phase of the plan is ready to go. Ominous. And this is why I think Josh is in on it. I think Josh has been told that he needs to have a relationship with Jen specifically and not She-Hulk for them to get whatever sample they need because they need to pierce her skin when she is not She-Hulk. Okay, that is fair. This is also where I want to add the rest of my stork, though. Okay. So uh, I think that's fair. I... I don't hope it's not true, but I just want someone to be Jen's friend that isn't her already two only established friends, I guess. Um, so my my theory that I told to Chris last night was that I think that Mallory is also in on the bad guy shenanigans, whatever they are. And, and here's why. There's a couple of reasons, but one of them is outside of the show. So there might be some spoilers 
perhaps, and maybe why it's a little bit more storky. First of all, the second time we see Todd, who I have already now twice established that I definitely think is a bad guy in some capacity, the second time we see him, he is with Mallory Book at GLKNH in the lobby. They're together. We don't know what they're talking about, but what reason do they have to be together? He says he's there a lot, right? Like that's part of the joke, but why? There, there may be some greater reason. Then at the end of this episode, they're looking at intelligentsia and they see all these posts that are like death threats and shitty, shitty things. Nikki is like, we have to tell Jen because that is what a friend would do. And Mallory is like, no, definitely don't. I, I sort of understand the the delicacy that comes with, you know, being very honest with somebody about something or kind of like holding off to save their feelings. But in this case, she's got death threats all over the internet and Mallory is like, mm, no, don't tell her, which I think is kind of suspicious in of itself. But the big tell for me was something that I learned about the Great Lakes Avengers. What a weird, fun uh, tie-in that we have here. In the comics in some run, uh, I don't rem- I don't really know where, one of the Great Lakes Avengers, and I have this pulled up so that I don't mess this up, uh, is called the Mad Thinker. The Mad Thinker invents a man called Awesome Android, who is this normal-looking guy, except for his head is a cube that is kind of smooshed. And he works at GLK and H. And he works at GLK and H. Because that's in the She-Hulk comic that I read. And has a relationship with none other than Mallory Book, who says in this episode she's been married for 17 years and does not want to elaborate on that. If you go to the Marvel database of Awesome Android and you look at his affiliations, let me read his affiliations. Goodman, Lieber, Kutzberg, and Holloway, GLK and H., Heavy Metal, formerly AI Army, Mad Thinker, New Intelligentsia, and Intelligentsia are the affiliations of Awesome Android. Bum, bum, bum. So all of that put together makes me think that Mallory is in on whatever shenanigans that Todd is also in on, which may involve the leader as well. Who knows? Interesting. <laughs> um, anyway... What do you guys think of this version of the stork? How storky am I? What do we mad think of this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning Nork. Okay. okay. Not, and by that, I mean not in t- terms of he will be directly represented as he is on the comics page or that you're 100% correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would guess Let me at be least more... a thread of what you're saying is probably Yeah, like the Mallory part. The Mallory is yes. in on the badness. Yep. I know that when we were watching the episode at home, like, as soon as she was like, no, we shouldn't tell her. Angela goes, that's sus. Yeah. <laughs> so I would want you guys to tell me if you saw a site that said, let's fucking kill peaches. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I would really want to know. LFKP.com? Yes. Let's <laughs> fucking kill peaches.com. That's messed up. <laughs> All right. Well, ratings. I'll start. I'm going to give this episode uh, eight. Uh, I don't know. I didn't think of one. Puking She-Hulks out of 10. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed every episode so far, and this one is no different. So I gave it eight and a half seconds of meaningful eye contact out of 10. Uh, how about you, Peaches? 
Um, you know, I this is another episode kind of like last week's where it wasn't that I disliked it. I did like it. I don't think it was near my favorite. Um, but I did like that we possibly have some sort of unsolved mystery tidbits in this episode that seem like they will get revealed soon. So I gave this one seven and a half resuscitated chihuahuas out of 10. Robert? Uh, I'm going to give it... So this was probably my least favorite episode, but I've liked every episode. Um, so I'm going to give it seven and a half petty uh, downvotes out of 10. Oh. Oh. All right. Well, before we go... Hope everybody's been thinking about this because and didn't just remember that we do this right this very second because it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Recommendations. Recommendation Jingle. Yeah. Definitely didn't just remember this second for yeah. sure. Yeah. I remembered and I'm never So you anymore. could start with me, but you shouldn't. I'll start. I'll start. Okay. Give you guys I can, time. I can go next because I got mine as well. Uh, I'm going to recommend on Netflix... Everyone go and watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Cyberpunk Edge Runners is an anime based off of the uh, almost uh, critically, not even critically panned, but just not uh, not very well received video game, Cyberpunk 2077, made by CD Projekt Red, same makers of uh, the Witcher series, um, and they were very smart with everything surrounding this one. The Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime is incredible. It is done by the studio called Studio Trigger. They are the people that did um, Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill. It's a very, uh, very floaty art style. It's very like they do a lot with a little. So there will be lots of uh, scenes where things kind of blend in a really cool and interesting way as far as the art style is concerned. Um, it is uh, incredibly graphic. So if that is not your cup of tea... Uh, don't watch it, but I think it is still really enjoyable. It is The music is incredible. The art's incredible. And we'll give it a twofer because I'll say people can go back and check out. I am now back into Cyberpunk 2077. I bought the game for $5 a couple months ago uh, from Best Buy because they were just like, please buy these copies <laughs> of Cyberpunk. We have so many. Um, <laughs> we're practically giving these away. They coincided a very large update to the game with the release of this anime and uh it has seeing it the game is seeing a gigantic resurgence and it is it was like the stop top seller on steam like it is uh seeing significantly more play than it ever has and they're really smart about it because they're you can make builds based off of every single character that you see in Edge Runners. Like the kind of character they are, you can make a build based off of them. You can go to all of the places they go in the TV, in the in the anime. They're very smart with kind of how they have done this at the same time. And the game they've really ironed out most of the bugs. So if the game ever like interested you, now's the time to play it. But if you're going to do just one of the two Definitely watch Cyberpunk Entrators, and that's going to be on Netflix. Robbie, you're next. Yeah. Um, so before I get into my actual recommendation, have you recommended Rings of Power yet on any of these episodes? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, it's uh, the I'm, Venture Bros. I'm going to back that up. Um, also, everyone <laughs> should watch the Venture Bros. <laughs> but what I am going to recommend is Splatoon 3, which I have... Uh, I have not had much free time, but what free time I have had has gone to Splatoon 3, um, which just came out. If you've never played one of the Splatoon games, it is a co-op shooter 
but that doesn't describe it very well. Um, huge weapon classes, but the main crux is that you are shooting ink. Uh, the ink basically becomes your base. It's where you reload. It's where you can move faster. It's where you don't take damage. Um, and so what you're doing is you're basically, while attacking the enemy, also painting the ground. Um, and so it's all about moving um, lines of combat. And so it, it's very subtly as the game goes through, you are creating uh, where, you know, your base is, where, you know, removing the enemy base. Um, there's several different game modes. The basic one is basically whoever inks the most ground wins. But there's, you know, there's a payload mode and a king of the hill mode and um, football. But um, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. There's a mode where football? you throw foot- there's a mode where you throw footballs and basketball goals. So um but uh, Splatoon 3 just came out. It's the most recent one. It does not do anything particularly new other than refine a bunch of stuff, um, add some more weapons. Um, but it was the fastest selling game ever in Japan. The fastest selling Switch game. I believe it's already sold more in Japan than Breath of the Wild. Um, wow. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, so it's selling like gangbusters. Uh, I guess this episode won't be out on time, but this weekend is the first Splatfest, which is where um, f- you pick a team, uh, and over the course of a weekend, uh, whichever team ends up doing, basically inking the most ground, uh, gets rewards and such. And so this week, it'll, and it'll be different things. Like one year they did a tournament, which was you would pick your favorite Ninja Turtle, and then uh, whichever Ninja Turtle got the most uh that team one so you'd pick okay i'm team leonardo and um this week is i wouldn't i would pick michelangelo well sure he's a party dude yes um this weekend's splat fest and so these are like events they go on for the weekend and then um you pick your team you get a special splat fest shirt um and your shirt is your gear so you get to kind of uh get the shirt to be what you want it to be Uh, this weekend is what would you take on a desert island out of grub gear or entertainment um, but I'm Team Grub because I figured I can make tools. I need something to eat while I make my tools. But um, it's really fun. It's it's hard to describe. And it also takes a minute to kind of get. Uh, when I first got the first platoon, it was a Christmas present that I didn't ask for. And I put it in and I played it for a little while and thought, eh, whatever. And then at some point, I just sat down and played it and slowly got consumed to the point where I'm all in on the franchise uh, and bought Splatoon 3 on day one. Um, so it does take a minute. I mean, there's a demo out there. You can get the demo. You can play the demo. I would say play it long enough so the game clicks and you can really get a chance to see if it's what you want. But I cannot recommend it highly enough. And because it's so new, um, that means that, uh, you know, the meta is not established. So you have a chance. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Splatoon 3, that's my recommendation. Who's next? Did either of you decide? I'll go. Uh, so I'm going to recommend something that is not for everybody. Uh, it is a very particular brand of humor, uh, but there is a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave, and it is... Uh, we've talked about this, I think... I know Danny and I went on a riff of it once before on the show. It's a sketch comedy show. Uh, Tim Robinson is uh, the head writer. Uh, he was a former writer for SNL, but he was a little too weird for them, I think. Uh, so a lot of the sketches he didn't get to make on SNL he made on the show. If it is your kind of humor, it is very funny. Um, uh, if you've ever, A lot of them have become memes. Uh, for example, if you've ever seen the guy dressed as a hot dog saying, we're all looking for the guy who did this, <laughs> that's from that show. And the reason I bre- bring this show up is that uh, Patty Harrison, 
uh, who played Lulu on this episode is in that show and has played many characters. That's what I recognize her from. And I almost asked at the top of this, what do I know her yeah. from? That's it. And I don't think she should have yelled at Eddie Munster. Um, if you've seen the show, you get that joke. Shout out to Danny, who probably the only one listening who gets it. Um, but yeah, they're like that's a sh- the, the sketch. It's a driver's ed sketch where Tim Robinson is the driver's ed teacher. He goes, "Okay, now I'm going to show this video um, that's going to sh- uh, tell you a scenario. You can't ask any questions about her job." And then he shows it, and she's driving, and she's talking on the phone. She's a distracted driver, and she's yelling about the tables and Eddie, uh, Eddie Munster. And they keep showing these videos, and people are just asking, "What is like? What is she talking about with the tables?" I don't think she should have yelled at Eddie. <laughs> I've seen this a million times. She doesn't yell at Eddie Munster. It's a lot funnier when you watch it. <laughs> I, I promise you, it is. Uh, right, I promise. It's it is. <laughs> Yeah, if you, um, if I'm going to recommend one sketch, I would say either Driver's Ed or uh, the Focus Group. Focus Group, I think you should leave where they're trying to decide. It's a focus group for a car, and there's an old man there uh, who who thinks the car um, ha- should have a wheel that doesn't fly off when you drive it. See, he admitted. Oh my God, he admitted. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's from as well. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I think I've ensured that none of you are going to check this out. But no, 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 no. He's right. Everyone has to watch it. Yes. Peaches, what do you got? Man, I don't have anything. I don't. I feel so boring. You guys always have something. I feel like I struggle every week. I don't know. I'm still in the process of like getting myself collected. Tell people to play Octopath Traveler 2 when it comes out. I mean, I already told them to play Octopath Traveler two weeks ago, which is still true. Uh, here's another anti-recommendation because that's what I did last week. Uh, if you're in the Central Florida area or if you're visiting the Central Florida area and you get an Epcot for the Food and Wine Festival, this is going to sound crazy, but I promise it's true. You don't want to get the Fry Flight from the booth that's near Test Track. Really? You don't want it. If you want to get anything from that stand, you want to get the Yucca Fries, and here's why. Oh, I always want to get Yucca the Fries. The Yucca Fries are, yeah, A, they're delicious. If you haven't had Yucca, you need to fix that immediately. But you get like eight, I think it was like eight or ten Yucca Fries, and they're all like... I don't know, four inches long and an, and an inch thick. I mean, they're, it's a lot of food. They've got a great seasoning on them. That's average. And, <laughs> yeah, it's average. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to get from the fry booth. The problem with the fry flight uh, is that the three flavors are salt and vinegar. It's like a cowboy barbecue flavor. And there's a uh, like a sweet. Uh, sweet potato fries with like marshmallow. Eduardo and I went to Food and Wine the other day, and this is how we know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we just got a bad batch or whatever. The salt and vinegar ones taste fine at the top, but as you get closer to the bottom, all of the seasoning is kind of like pooling at the bottom of the fry container. So they just get really, really, really pungent. The barbecue ones have like, it's not barbecue sauce. It's like a barbecue powder. 
Oh, no. And it has a very strange... I didn't even know how to describe... It's like it, almost trying the, to be mesquite, but it it's... It tastes like barbecue-flavored potato chips. You didn't like... You Which liked probably it. means it's mesquite. Did I you have it, it? I thought it was fine. I, I actually... I don't like sweet potato fries, and I actually really like the sweet potato fries. Oh, I can't one. disagree more because I love sweet potato fries, and something about that marshmallow... And I also love marshmallow. You guys know I'm a fucking marshmallow... That is true. I'm a, a gluck-gluck for marshmallow. <laughs> I, um... Mr. The Smiley. the marshmallow like sauce that they put on those fries had a very similar taste to like children's medicine. Like it tasted like cherry cough syrup. Oh to wow, me. that was that was. There's a maple component to it. I think. Isn't well, there? I don't know. I, that is not my experience with it. But if you're um, getting yeah. either of those two things from that booth, get the yucca fries. I have not tried the yucca fries, and I would like to. Okay, so. I will very, probably get. Would you recognize? Good. Would you recognize? Oh, I would rec- recognize or. Uh, <laughs> would you recommend, recommend the fly recommend. fright? The fly fright. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Dracula a- swoops in on you. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the bug house. The- oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, for is- the record, would recommend bug house. Yeah. Yes, me too. Same. Surprise. Another sneak peek to our episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I wasn't it's coming on. out this I week. Had feelings. Yeah, just another thing to remind the the listeners of. If you're a patron and you're at the hero or avenger level, get ready to enjoy this bonus episode. The first one that will actually be exclusive to you. Yeah. That's it. I'm just stalling now. I think that's going to do it for this episode so I can shut my co-podcast host up. Uh, Yeah, Chris. (laughs) So they can... Stop saying things about us being behind a paywall and other nonsense. Yeah, Robbie. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, everyone but me. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. An MC retrospective. If you want to support the show, listen to this uh, behind a paywall episode. <laughs> you can do so. Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Join our patron exclusive Discord. We've got uh, bonus episodes. You've already listened to two of them for free, but the rest of them are going to be um, patron exclusives. So uh, we've got um, a really special one that we're cooking up for October, and I'm not going to spoil that one. But you're really, if you have been a listener of this show, you are really going to want to listen to uh, yeah. not this one that's coming up. I mean, you're going to want to listen to the Horror one Nights too. one as well. But the next one that we've got cooking up, you're really going to want to listen to that one. Should we give them any sort of hints? Just that maybe it's an uh, October-themed uh, thing? Yeah, it's an October-themed It's a spooky thing. episode. He might be somewhere uh, in the country that is uh, a little cold. Yeah. A little chilly, you might say. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's a big hint. Yeah. Huge thank you to our Avengers-level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. We couldn't do what we, we do without you. We've been able to upgrade a lot of our uh, recording equipment. We record in person now. We've got dedicated headphones and mics for everyone, so thank you guys so much. Um, all this does is just helps us. We're going to get new, uh, new microphone stands next so that we don't, you know, right now we're like, Chris is like holding a microphone in his hand. <laughs> it is... <laughs> Uh, But uh, yeah, all of this just goes directly back into making the podcast better. So we absolutely appreciate it. If you want to email the show, uh, send us any questions you want. I didn't actually check the email box. Let me do that very quickly. Uh, Surprise. uh, Yeah, I know. What if we had an email? We had some hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) Kill peaches. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what does it say? It says, I fucking hate peaches. I knew it. I knew it was there. Oh, no, they're talking about the fruit. Damn. Oh, me too. 
No, we didn't get an email. All right. Well, <laughs> if you wanted an email, you can do so. Assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at assemblycast. You can follow some of us, I guess, uh, at abcdeduardo1 for myself and at failkid3 for Robbie. But that's going to do it for myself, for Robbie, for Chris, and for Peaches. We love you, 3000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bubbly, bubbly. What? to show you a video of a woman who got so wrapped up with her problem at work that she puts herself and others in danger. Now, these videos are a little old. <laughs> they look a little dated. I don't want to hear any jokes about them. And uh, don't let the style distract you. And I don't want any questions about the tables. Yep, honey, I'll, I'll be home from work soon. I'm just picking up my last table. What the hell did Eddie do to my table? It's filthy. God. did to my table. It looks like he stepped on them. Or, I know, it's not this. It looks like he threw them in a mud puddle. These tables are how I buy my house. They keep my house hot. If I were a farmer and Eddie Monster came in and started kicking my corn, you could understand how I could be a bit upset. Do you understand? The tables are my corn. Mom! Pretty serious. Any questions? Yeah. What was her job? Tables. What do you mean? Guys, what I say. Her job is so confusing. The job isn't important. It's just a generic job that the writers of this made up for this. But what is the generic job? Just tables and dealing with Eddie Munster. I don't think she should have yelled at Eddie. She actually didn't yell at Eddie Munster. I've seen this a ton of times. What does she do? Tables! But how is tables a job? I can't know how to hear any more about tables.